Good morning, fellow students, and welcome back to Legacy Weapon, your guide to the Legacy format. I am Jamie. And I am Drew. And we are here to talk about Legacy. For the first it's time a, in yeah, a while. Feels like the first time. <laughs> it's like very, uh, sorry we've been gone for so long, everybody. Yeah. Uh, we, we, it's been about two months. It's supposed to be every one or two weeks. So, so you know, yeah. two months is sort of like a week. In that those are both intervals of time. Yes, that's right. what I meant. Exactly. Uh, so I, I take almost all the blame on this one, and, and I will uh, apologize to you, the listeners, um, to you all who give us all your support and uh, are, do enjoy listening to us, we hope. Um, I have been busy with work and also busy with family, something that is news to Drew because I hadn't been telling him. Right. There's a new little Keller on the way. I told him right beforehand, so he doesn't have to pretend to act surprised yes. now, but uh, yes. he didn't know until until just now. Right. Um, so anyway, my, my, my wife has been actually very, very ill for uh, a couple months. She's fine, but... Babies. F- well, finding one hour of time that I can plan ahead of time is been challenging. Is yes. been challenging. Mm. Grammar gets hard when you don't sleep. But... <laughs> Anyway, we are here, uh, and we are going to try to get back on schedule starting now. I think we've kind of worked out times when we can can force it through and happen. And uh, We've said that before, though. So Yeah, well, we said that last time we recorded this episode, because we did mention the card that shall not be named. We did. So, we did. Uh, so the recording failed. Yeah. The recording just, just failed, the whole thing. Yeah. Anyway. We're back. We are going to try something new today. Uh, well, first, we, we do have some housekeeping, and, and I'm going to put that at the end, so that if some of you are impatient and don't want to listen to our shout-outs and housekeeping and everything, well, fine, I guess, but then you'll miss the stinger. So, Which is the best part of the show. So, I, It's the only part I listen to. <laughs> but uh, first, we want to do something new. We want to talk about uh, recent cards. We want to do a little bit of a review on the past set, what's been making a splash, and some of our predictions for the new set over what we think will make a splash. We're going to see how this kind of plays out, how you, the audience, like it, so give us some feedback. Uh, we might try to do this every set, every two or three sets. We don't really know, but yeah. uh, we want, want to give it a shot. So we had sort of given some of our, our predictions for Shadows Over Innistrad a, a long while back. How right. did we do, Drew? Uh, we batted about 500, uh, which would be great if this were baseball. Um, that sounds great. So, right? So, thing in the Ice is doing well, I guess. Um, that's the other 500? Yeah. That's, that's oh. That's thing the, in the Ice? Uh, yeah. Thing in the Ice is waiting for its opportunity. It's biding its time like a thing in the Ice is meant to do. Right. It's seen play. It's been in some decks, but it's not in a lot of decks. Only two instances of sorcery have been played so far. Right. It, it needs two more. It's getting there. Getting All there. right. So that one has not been seen play. Hey, people have tried it. So you, in theory, could see it somewhere. Some people have played it. It has not won. So right. it's waiting. What has seen play from, from uh, Shadows? We, we predicted that Invasive Surgery would see some at least fringy sort of play as a sideboard card. And it has done exactly that. Yep. It is not increased in play at all over the prior versions, near as I can tell. It nope. just has very minimally improved those decks by right. an almost imperceivable amount. Yep. But there it is. Okay. Then uh, uh, we missed a couple of cards that have shown up a little bit. Uh, we we uh, the Nahiri the Harbinger. Um, kind of made a splash of, and disappeared. Yeah, it was all over for like a couple of weeks, and then people decided that uh, they those did all the decks that were playing it could have been playing Jace, and they decided that they should just be playing Jace. Right, and what I heard was you know having her and then having you know like an Eldrazi to fetch up. The whole idea was that's two cards for your win condition mm-hmm. when. 
in Legacy, you can really just have one, like, and right. f- and find your one and cheat it into play a thousand different ways. There's just right. more efficient win conditions than a two card slow combo. Right. If you want to get out a big fat monster, Nahiri is not the best way to do it. And if you wanted to play a planeswalker that can win the game, Nahiri is not the best way to do that either. So, Tibbled. 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 He's the cheapest. He he is, and we talk about how mana cost is really important. Really legacy. important. So, this is the format for him to shine. Clearly. Right? He's, he's right behind uh, Thing in the Ice, just uh, waiting. He's the Prince of Cats. Yes, he is. So, uh, and Prize to Malcolm, that was Shadows, right? That was Shadows as well, and uh, I that obviously made a big splash in Modern Dredge, and mm-hmm. I didn't expect to see Legacy Dredge come back for a while with all of the graveyard hate that's been printed in the last little while. Sort of Dredge had been, not dead, but very much fringe for a while. Uh, but Dredge has come back, and it's playing Prized Amalgam. I mean, it's not its not like a Tier 1 deck or anything, but it, it's around. I mean, it's a good deck. I, I'm not sure... It's not a deck to beat, so it's not like Tier 1 Prime. No. But, I mean, I call it 1.5. Eh. Depends on how generous you want to be with how many decks are in each tier. I mean, Manalist Dredge is Tier, like, 2.5 or 3, so Real Dredge has got to be, like, 1.5, 2 at worst. I, well, okay. You put way more decks in the top in the top tiers than I do, so I think... Manalist Dredge is Tier 3. Come on. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Okay. I, I, I've actually... I've even seen Pride's Amalgam in Manalist Dredge lists, and I don't think it belongs That really there. doesn't make sense, yeah. I it, it's, it's good if you need slow card advantage if you're just going to be attacking with dudes and sometimes manila stretch does do that but i mean manila stretch does want to win by sacrificing a bunch of creatures for dread return and this is a creature that does come back for free from the graveyard so yeah maybe maybe that's the point is not really to just be a 3-3 dude but to be a dude period well right that that's the value but Honestly, the number of games where you combo out and either win or lose on whether your combo succeeds is pretty high. And when yeah. you're comboing out, he does nothing. Well, so, he sacks to make Dread Return. I mean, no, when, when you combo out, you don't pass the turn afterwards. Oh, that's true. That's true. He doesn't well, come back immediately. Comes back if you combo out, it's it's a dead card. It's If you're that's doing true. the grindy attack with Icarid, attack with your shadow, spirit yeah, shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Right. The, he helps you, the backup you have, plan. You only but, have played this deck. I should I should defer yeah. to you when you, when well, you say it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It, it doesn't work for the main combo win. It does work for the backup grindy attack plan. Right, but, but that's the backup plan. It's yeah. the backup plan, and it's not an all-star there in my mind. So, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Maybe it'll uh, re- stick around. Reg- it regular dredge, though, seems to fit pretty well seems there. Seems to fit pretty well there, yeah. That's a grindier sort of um, thing anyway. All right. Well, I think that's about it for Shadows, then. I think pretty much. Uh, we had we had talked about Traverse the Olvenwald. We said that might get in and... Well, hasn't done it, anything yet. It hasn't so far, anyway. Probably won't. Probably won't, yeah. Um, so, in Eldritch Moon, let's move on there. Right. What do we have? So, uh, there have been a few tournaments after Eldritch Moon. Nothing really huge yet, so it's, this is still sort of in the testing things out stage. But Lukewarm so far, takes. Not hot takes, they're lukewarm. Right, right. But they, so far, they've been cooling on the counter. Still nice to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so far, there's one card that looks like a pretty definite winner, and a couple others that are... We'll see. Um, the winner is uh, Thalia Heretic Cathar, who uh, is a lot like Thalia, Guardian of Thraben. Uh, she's a legendary soldier. This one costs three. Uh, Big Thalia, I guess we can call her. She's a 3-2 first strike. And what she, she has a crazy ability that says that uh, creatures and non-basic lands... 
your opponent's control, enter the battlefield, tapped. Dies to bolt. Unplayable. Right. Um, except, except not. Except not, right? So, so th- th- this was really hard for me to wrap my head around. I thought it was a janky, slightly too expensive for any eternal play way to show off a cool character. Right. Uh, I was wrong. Yeah. Um, it's because it was just... Eights. Yep. Well, it, it was. It, it's just hard to wrap my head around the, the value because you know things coming into play tapped. We've seen that off and on through the years. There are a and, bunch of other creatures and maybe some enchantments that do this, and yeah, none of yeah. them has been has really seen any legacy play. Um, outside of some very specific like stasis type tap you down stuff, right. but like not not in an aggro. No, not like that. Because right. what, what do you buy? They can't block. Sometimes, right? Uh, no, here, here's the thing. The, I, the most important thing in my mind here is the lance. Yes, because I think like you play Maverick, and I will tell you 100 percent that that is that is a big deal. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of non-basics in Legacy. Yeah, some decks uh, don't play basics. And also, uh, you, you and I were talking about how wonderful it is if they want to play a fetch land. Their right. fetch land comes in tapped. Some and decks then they don't have a fetch. basic to find with the with the fetch, right? So this puts them two turns behind for basically the whole game. Plus, if you can get this out quickly, you can sometimes you can delay them getting their colors, including the colors for their removal spells. Most decks need either red for lightning bolt or white for swords to plowshares in order to get this off the field. And if you can get this out on the like the second turn, it will be very hard for them. Sometimes if they played a basic land first turn, basic island or something maybe, then they won't be able to get to remove it right away. And then if you have a wasteland, you can blow up their fetch land which While is just, tapped, which you usually tapped, can't do. Right, which this makes your wastelands lots, lots better um, because usually what they do when they realize you have wastelands uh, they just fetch your basics and then your wastelands don't do anything. But now I mean, some decks that doesn't work because they don't have the basics. But if they do, they that's what they'll do. But this, like against Miracles, for example, which has tons of basics, you can hit their fetch lands. And if you can keep Miracles off of white, you probably are not losing that game. Ooh. So I, I hate Miracles so much that it just that just made me feel good inside. And then also, incidentally, the hate, the creature thing is not as important. Uh, it does notably stop the sneak attack half of the show and tell combo. Mm-hmm. Um, and it houses elves. Yeah, it it, it gives slight benefit because you are in most decks. I would want her in an aggro plan. So the fact that you stop them from blocking is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But then there's just the weird things that it just incidentally hoses. Um, right. Yeah, the, some dredge lists this hoses those because they yep. want to attack they with their haste, things. They have haste creatures that only last one turn. Yep, uh, sort of. Well, yeah, a lot of a yeah, lot of them actually. really. They, yeah. And depending on the list, uh, depending on the list for Manalist Dredge, some of them, their combo win is to make a lot of zombies and give them haste. Right. So, oops. Haste is you, really bad you, if the creature is tapped. Yeah. And now you have no library, so you lose next turn. Which is the same thing with a sneak attack, well, without the losing immediately next turn. But uh, right. if you have Caracas and this, people are in, that, that whole deck is in super, super trouble. Yeah. So, so yeah. the uh, the thing for elves is uh, what part of what makes elves so explosive is especially if you have a glimpse of nature. Right. You sort of have mana elves with haste because you know heritage druid or something. All your guys can tap the turn and they come into play. So each guy makes more mana. That makes more guys. That makes more mana. Right. If they all come into play tapped, it doesn't just put them back one turn. It just stops the engine. It just yeah, doesn't yeah. work. You, you can draw cards off it, you know, maybe two or three, and that's not bad. You know, it doesn't break the deck, 
but your glimpse of nature uh, engine right. does not no longer works. It is no longer a combo. It's just some good cards. It also is very good against Guy's Cradle. Again, enabling Wasteland yes. against Guy's Cradle is really big game. Yep, it, so. it completely stops your ability to ever cradle twice in the same turn. Yep, it stops your ability to hold cradle in hand just for the turn when you really need the mana. Right. Also, just makes it not work as well, even if you're not doing, you know, funny shenanigans. Right. So yeah. it, it helps in a lot of ways. It is stronger than it looks. It's and relevant it, against pretty much every deck, and it protects itself if you get it down early enough, just right. by keeping people off their mana. Right. It's pretty pretty um, good stuff. Anything else from Eldritch Moon? Uh, yes, so Bedlam Reveler is a card that has seen a little bit of play, and which I am I am high on, especially in a uh, blue-red Delver deck, which I think is a pretty cool and pretty good, uh, fairly budget option if you're trying to get into Legacy, and I mean, I think fun to play, too. Um, so what it is, it's it costs two red and six generic for a three-four prowess. Okay, so Delver and eight mana are not usually words that go together, but... It costs one less for each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard, which that instant and sorcery are words that go with Delver. Um, and then when it enters the battlefield, you discard your hand and draw three cards. So this is great for anything with lots of instant sorceries, like every Delver list, right. and anything with a low curve, most Delver lists. Pretty much every Delver list, yeah. Uh, so in theory, you're not going to be playing this you know, you're not going to want to be playing this for five or six mana, and you're not going to want to play this with a full hand. You're basically going to play this as your last card in hand, right. maybe second to last. So it's just a big fat Gurmag Angler with Ancestral Recall attached to it. Which those are pretty good cards. Yeah, they so. one sees play as about the fifth most common creature, right? And the other is banned. Probably the best card in Magic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, possible maybe. apologies to Black Lotus. But yeah, uh, it depends on who you ask. Anyway, yeah, it's really good. The one thing is that you do need double red, which limits some of the Del- Delver decks from playing it. Um, right. Like e- even Delver a three-color... doesn't have enough to... Yeah, even even a three-color Delver list might just not want to find that many reds or that many non-basics. Right. It, it might be trouble. But people uh, have and... play, been playing this in combo decks in Modern, just because it's like, if you can play out your hand, it's like two red draw three cards. Not and, bad. And, you know, make a blocker if you care about that. Um, so, yeah, it's really strong. Now, you and I had talked very briefly about uh, Burn, because that, that's where my mind went, and, right. and I agree with you that it it's not right for Burn, because right. Burn, lots of instant sorceries, fills up the graveyard with stuff, but the actual number of instant sorceries in the graveyard is not going to be six, because yeah. you're, not, you're not drawing cards. You know, right. blue... Fills their graveyard up a lot. You've got the Taxium Probe, you've got Brainstorm Ponder, yeah. Right, so, you know, each time you play a spell, you also get another card in hand. Red, no, we're burning through resources, we're not refilling our hand. We'd love to, which is why this would be great, but you're not going to be playing this in a red deck on turn two or three or four. And by turn five, you really, like, would probably rather just have another bolt. Right. I mean, if you've got, think of, if you're playing this for two mana, which Burn pretty much never plays anything that costs more than two, uh, if you're playing this for two mana, that means you have six instants and sorceries in the graveyard. That probably means you've dealt them 18 damage with spells. So another bolt just wins the game. And that's as good as this can be, winning the game is probably... And, and honestly, statistically, you would have had at least one, probably more than 
one creature in that pile two, doing them more damage. Dead well before you got to six. Yeah. Right. So you you'd be playing this for three or four or five mana. That's way too high. You got better stuff there. So yeah, it it looks perfect for that, but just does not get there in my mind. Right. But Delver has a little bit of control built in. It can take. It can afford to take a little longer, and it's filling up the graveyard. And and the cantrips. You know, it fills up the graveyard better. Not be so has a lower creature density, higher spell density. So. Yep. Uh, anything else from Eldritch Moon? Uh, I, I don't think I've got any other you know hot takes that I'm expecting to take off from it. There's one card I totally... I, I saw both of those and thought, these have a shot. So uh-huh. uh, I... Obviously, I'm calling this after the fact, so um, you know, believe me if you want, and if not, well, that's totally fair. Um, there's one card I totally missed, which has been showing up a little bit, which is Collective Brutality. Oh, it's yeah. Sorcery for a black and one... And it has it, it has um, escalate, and the escalate card is discard a card, and then the modes. So it's pick one or more, uh, and then pay the escalate cost for each additional mode you, you you pick. And one is target creature gets minus two and minus two until end of turn. One is look at target um, player or opponent's hand opponent's hand. I'm sure, and uh, choose an instant or sorcery card from it, and that player discards that card, and then. Third one is you gain two life and they lose gain, two life. Yeah, that's the one. So none of those sound good. In fact, all of them together don't sound all that good. Right, even if this were two mana to do all of that, it's not clear that every deck would do it. Um, but... but So the, what this has been doing is showing up as one, occasionally two of, in Reanimator, where basically this says, destroy target, like Delver of Secrets, um, ex, you know, discard a force of, make your opponent discard a force of will, which is good because you're a combo deck, and pitch the giant fatty that you have in your hand in order to pay an escalate cost that's not really a cost for you. Right, and unlike Faithless Looting or something, uh, if they counter the spell, you still have discarded because that's part of the cost, right? Right, right, yeah. So it's an uncounterable way to discard cards from your hand. That's a good point. So, yeah, yeah, it, it turns out that when you want stuff in the graveyard and when you're sitting there with the worst thing stuck in your hand, hell, Elves would want this sometimes if it could run the mana, just because sometimes you got that stupid progenitus sitting in right, your hand laughing at you. Right, out of there, right, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, can, I can really see that. I never would have come up with that on my own. Sure. But that's why, that's why I don't playing, get the big bucks. Right, right. It's not something you're playing four of, but, you know, one or two in, in, in this specific list, uh, it seems pretty good. Um, yeah. Okay. So, next. Moving on? Moving on. Conspiracy. Conspiracy was a great, cool set that I have purchased but not gotten to play yet. But I found enough people to play with and just have to schedule it, you know, with all that free time that I've got. Conspiracy, Um, uh, for anybody who didn't know, Conspiracy is a draft set. It is not legal in standard. It is not legal in modern. It is not really meant for constructed. It's meant for drafting and for fun and even for casuals. Right. But it is legal. It's legal in vintage and it's legal in... um, Legacy, Legacy and, and it's legal in EDH, right? Yep, yep. Okay. So they use these kinds of supplemental sets to appeal to folks who can't really be well treated in normal sets. You know, you don't want to reprint a really, really, really powerful card into standard. Right. Or you don't want to make a brand new super powerful card and then have it be in standard and ruin standard for two years. Right. So, if they want to kind of give a gift of reprints or of new cards to Legacy, 
this is now how they're kind of doing that. Yeah, or at least one of the ways. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and they also, yeah, and yeah, true. They did. They gave us gifts. They Uh, they gave us reprints, which we won't talk about here because it's it's really right. It's relevant for people building decks that now Berserk is a fifteen dollar card, not like forty or fifty or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, try double that. Yeah. But um, it's so great. Um, but that's not going to change the meta. That's not decks. So what new cards are seeing play? Uh, I guess nothing really has happened since it came out. Yeah, Which ones of... do you and I think we'll see play? So I have two that I'm very high on. Uh, the few events that they had that have been played since this came out, these have seen play, and I think pretty much all of them. Um you know, at least one or two in a deck somewhere. And I, I think they're pretty good. And then there are a few others that, well, there are a lot of other ones that we, uh, we're going to talk about and we'll see there, there are reaches, but I, I, I've gone a little deep on some of these. I have gone deep too. Uh, we talked about a few of these, but uh, I think we probably each maybe have some surprises for the other one. So we'll see. Okay. Um, so the two that I think are definitely going in are, uh, Sanctum Prelate and Recruiter of the Guard. Um, Sanctum Prelate is a human cleric, costs two white and one generic. It's a 2-2 as it enters the battlefield. So it's not a trigger ability when it enters the battlefield, but this is as it's coming in. You choose a number, and then it says that non-creature spells with converted mana cost equal to that number can't be played. So this is like a weird hybrid of meddling mage and... Uh, maybe Gattig and Chalice of the Void. Chalice of the Void, right? It's Chalice of the Void on legs, sort of. Um, but one of the big things true. About it's this, much cheaper. It's much well, yeah. Jeez, uh, it costs about. It's a mythic in this set, which is a small release set, and it still costs about half as much as Chalice. But um, so it's it, right. If you're trying to play this for one, Chalice costs two, and this costs three, and it costs colored mana. But a couple of things. One, I mean, it's a creature, which sometimes is good, sometimes is bad, um, but it doesn't hit not, it doesn't hit creature spells, which means that if you are in a creature deck, that was usually a problem with playing Chalice because you would want one-drop creatures, and then if you played Chalice first, which you wanted to do because Chalice was really good, uh, Chalice would counter your creature spells, which was not awesome. This won't counter your creature spells; it only counter your non-creature spells, and you can you can you can build your deck so that you don't have quite so many of those. Um, the other thing is that you can pick a number and you don't have to pay extra mana for the, that number. So you can much more easily pick numbers that are not one. One is still probably usually going to be the best number to pick, but you have some flexibility there, especially if you have multiples. You can pick crazy numbers like six to stop Terminus if you want. Um, yeah, six is great sometimes. Yeah. Right. Or four to right. tell Storm to go take a hike. Right. Or uh, Natural Order to, out of Elves. To, to be fair... Uh, Almost any number you named would just screw over Storm. Um, I actually think, just as a, an aside, for Chalice or for Prelate, I think if you're playing Storm, four is not the number because they usually do have ways to get rid of this. So, but they only have like one in their whole deck. So mm-hmm. if you play, if you name one, the number one, then that kills their ability to dig for an answer, which is usually better. If you already have like a Mother of Runes or something to protect it from removal, then maybe go ahead and name four and the game is probably over. Uh, I mean, their search your library for a card spell is two. Yes, but... And their mana spells are zero and one and two. Yes, but if they have to... If they they say sack a Lion's Eye Diamond to Infernal Tutor for their removal spell, uh, they can't combo because they got the removal spell, not the combo piece and True, they had to remove so. this 
And sometimes actually the removal spell is uh, Chain Vapor, which is a one drop. So even then that doesn't work. So we'll, we'll talk about this more offline. Well, someday we'll, we'll talk about this. Storm and we'll do this. But I, I, as I, somebody who's used to play a Chalice of the Void deck, uh, like I say, I've had really good results naming one against Storm. I guess I was playing Chalice of the Void. I couldn't very well uh, name four, but still, um, it's pretty good. Naming zero is actually not bad either. But yeah. anyway, we digress. Uh, I think this is fantastic. It's seeing play in Death and Taxes. I am planning on playing it in Maverick. And it just, it's good against everybody. So well, you said there was another card that you liked a lot. I, I'm sure it couldn't be another white creature because we just had two that are great. And, right, and that, would mean, be, that would be pretty unbalanced. It certainly couldn't be another white three-drop creature because that would just be ridiculous. That'd be way too heavy. Uh, no, that's what Recruiter of the Guard is. It's basically a white reprint of Imperial, Imperial Recruiter. Um, this is notable. I mean, well, the only difference, it, it's got cost three, it's a 1-1 one, one human soldier, and when enters the battlefield, you search your library for a creature card. Um, Imperial Recruiter requires you to get a creature with power, two or less. Uh, this recruiter cares about toughness instead, and it's white. Those are the only differences. For most decks, the difference between the power and toughness is going to be mostly irrelevant. Uh, we'll talk about maybe a couple times when it's relevant, but really it's find a small creature. And yeah, um, yeah it's, that's, it's a really good. It's a lot better than it sounds, even. Right, yeah. Right. So I the, mean, the deck who wants this most... Bucks, yeah. The, the deck that wants this one most is uh, Death and Taxes. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the, the, the Thalia sounds like great in Death and Taxes, and maybe is, but it's probably better in Maverick just because of the mana dorks to get it out on turn two. This one, yeah. definitely best in Death and Taxes, I think. I, yeah, um, I think so. I was testing it in Maverick, and we have Green Sun Zenith, and that's just, just a more awkward card. Yeah. Uh, so this gives you card advantage, which white typically doesn't Does get. get. Yep. It gets Fet Searching, which white typically doesn't get. <laughs> yep. Hey, and the reason why white doesn't, I've read about this and how they kind of balance the colors. White right. can do everything. Right, it has but an just, answer for every problem. Right, but it doesn't get the card advantage. And that's kind of, it's hurt against it. It, it can't do everything great, and it right. can't dig for its answers oh, until they printed this. Right, which is like, what? Why? Oh, well, sure, it's awesome. Let's so, help white in Legacy. Yeah. So the, the way Death and Taxes works in a large part is that it's full of hate bears. It's yep. full of creatures that really just hate on specific X, Y, or Z. Using, because I know it well, elves as an example, they've got like four different creatures, and each one cuts off a different avenue of elves. Right. Now... Elves is versatile enough that when if they cut off two avenues, it'll just take the other two. So that, that's the downside of a hate bear deck, is if you draw the wrong hate bears for your opponent, it'll do nothing. Elves is a uniquely bad matchup for Death and Taxes. It works much better against decks that are not yeah, elves. It, but, it's it's yeah. so funny, because all of their hate bears hurt elves, and yet elves doesn't care. Right. It's actually probably still good for elves because if like Death and Taxes and Maverick start seeing more legacy play, which Maverick has been in two top eights, admittedly in smaller Ma- events, but still... Maverick does not get the respect out. it deserves. Yeah. Uh, I, I will proudly say that along with you, that it is... It, it definitely is at least a half tier higher than people think it is. I will, especially now. I think it's gotten a lot better. Um, yeah. it's, I think it's, it's kind of... like I, We'll see what the ceiling is, but it's, I'm, I'm, I, my playtesting is... You know, all right, limited so far, but I've I've been very impressed with the new card. So the thing though is with death and taxes, if you can fetch up the exact answer you need, if you can go find the hate bear that helps you in this specific matchup, yep. that means you always have the right hate bear in hand, right? Which is and amazing. It means that you only need maybe one in your sideboard instead of two or three for that particular matchup, and now all of your imperial uh, your recruiter of the guard 
represent that card. So you don't need you have more sideboard spots for other stuff that are not creatures or extra creatures just for fun. Um, it does a lot of cool stuff. It well the, the other card that it can get is Flicker Wisp, which yep. yeah, so, it's a three one that yeah. makes something else flicker, like right. flickering your recruiter to then go fetch another up another Flicker Wisp. Flicker Wisp. Yeah. Um, which, so if you've got an Aether Vial on three, this is just, like, a bunch of 3-1 flyers over and over and over again without you actually have like, for just tons of extra cards, a bunch of evasive power. Yeah. Yeah. So other things that this uh, might see some play in, there are two other decks which have run uh, Imperial Recruiter. Yeah. And that, whether for color concerns, because red doesn't give you very many good utility cards and white gives you a lot of really good utility cards right or for cost this is a lot cheaper than the portal three kingdoms yes. or the rare. Judge foil. there's the, the, the cheaper option there is actually the uh the judge foil of ridiculous this. ridiculous it's still like 150 200 bucks it's crazy that's for the red one so the right. white one may take its place one is a lauren yeah uh, a a weird combo deck where you're cheating creatures into play and getting more and cheating them into play. We've talked about it a little bit. And we, we uh, bounce, and you, the traditional way is to bounce Imperial Recruiter over and over again to keep tutoring for more creatures. Yep. Now, uh, the the exact list uh, would need to change, and so yeah. I, you can't just slot it in because one key piece to the Aloran puzzle uh, had is a 1-5, I, I think. Um, yeah. So the, the power toughness thing makes a difference there, but I am very confident that with a moderate amount of effort, they can be reworked. There's another creature that people have been playing that's a 1-1 one, one that does the same thing, and you don't really care very much about the toughness because you're probably winning that turn. Yeah. So, so it, that's somewhere where I think it'll see play, if only as a budget option, but maybe as an improvement on the deck. Because the deck didn't play any red cards except Imperial Recruiter. Yeah. The, the other is actually uh, Food Chain, which yeah. is a fun little combo deck, and the Food Chain lists that I've seen that I've liked the most have included Imperial Recruiter. To make it a kind of a toolbox deck, it finds your win conditions. It helps a lot. This, on top of white is usually better than red, and I think that was the only red card in the deck. Right. Uh, it now can find your Griffins. What, are which are three... The Griffins are three twos, I think, aren't they? I thought they were three threes. Oh, I should have checked this beforehand. Oh, I don't have I don't have the internet in front of me. I cannot pull it up. I, I own a Misfilled Griffin somewhere, we'll, but... We'll, we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it yeah. in post. We'll be fine. <laughs> right, right. All right. Uh, so those are some good cards from Conspiracy. Do you have any others from Conspiracy that you are excited about or high on? I, I, I do. So um, one card I want to talk about, I think we, we spoke about this and we agree it's probably not going to see play now, but there's a good chance that at some point there will be a metagame shift that will cause it to see play, which is Ceremonious Rejection. Uh, that is not from Conspiracy. You are correct. That's totally from Kaladesh. We'll fix that in post two. <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell you about living temporally in the same timeline <laughs> as me during recordings? Do whatever you want outside, right. but we need to be on the same at least hour block. Okay. All right. Okay. My bad. All right. My bad. I'll do better. So, so I will talk about some that I want to talk about. Uh, one, uh, which I think you've got the list all in front of you. Yeah. Uh, you run soldiers, right? I do. Well, so okay, there is a fun mechanic in Conspiracy, again, mostly for casuals, called Monarch. For anybody who doesn't know, whenever you have a card that says somebody becomes Monarch, now, as just an effect of the game, there is a Monarch. Once yep. there's a Monarch, there will be one for, until the game ends. So, And this is true in all games, in all formats. 
You start with zero monarchs, you can get up to one monarch. When you're a monarch, you draw an extra card at the end of your turn. So you get an immediate benefit from becoming monarch on your turn. And you can steal monarch by doing combat damage to whoever currently is the monarch. In a two-player game, you know, it's just going to be a ping-pong game of trying to grab and hold on to monarch. Right. Uh, They're all pretty expensive because... They were smart enough to realize that, yeah, anything at, like, two or three mana was probably dangerous. I'm sad. I really hoped for, like, a one-mana spell of just, you become monarch, every opponent gets a 3-3 creature. Or something like that. Something like, to to make monarch cheap, to put it in the game early, but give other people an easy way to steal it back? I don't know. I feel like that could have been balanced. They didn't do it. That's a a sad alternate timeline that I wish I lived in. (laughs) Truly, this is the darkest timeline. Um, But, it's still a really powerful thing. Drawing two cards a turn is really good. Yeah. See Jace the Mind Sculptor. Okay, he does better stuff. But you know what I mean. Drawing two cards a turn is great. And a lot of legacy decks don't really attack very well. So Some of them don't attack at all. Right. So if you're Monarch in Legacy, you might just stay Monarch the whole game. Yep. You know, the idea is becoming Monarch is a liability in multiplayer. It's probably a wash in two-player because they're going to have as much of out of it as you are. Well, no. not not it just kind of like goads every creature that your opponents have sometimes, which is... I mean, if they don't want you to also draw good. cards, which is pretty good, yeah. Yeah, make, forcing them to attack all the time. Right. So I paid special attention to every single card with the word Monarch on it. They yeah. all are expensive. Right. Uh, but there are two that I saw that I think might see play, or at least you will see people playing them even if they're bad. <laughs> uh, the first one will only see play in one specific deck, and that is a Soldier. Drew, yeah. you play Soldiers, right? That was my first Legacy deck. Tell us about this Soldier. Okay, well, so the soldier that I think that you're talking, I think you're talking about, is uh, it's a six mana. It's a what a two five giant soldier, and when it enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. And it says that whenever uh, that all damage that would be dealt to you is dealt to this creature instead. I unfortunately don't have it in front of me. I'm trying to find the name. Okay, I do. It's protector of the crown. I, I, of the crown. I gave you go. too Thank much you. credit. Yeah, okay, my I, bad. My I, bad. I thought you were the soldier's expert. I am, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but I don't think this is going to see play in soldiers because there's already a pretty busted six drop in that deck. The deck is pretty good at cheating out big creatures, but you can't play too many. And it already has a six drop creature that it cheats out that kind of sort of wins the game. And while this is pretty sweet, it doesn't always win the game. No, so, but it, it protects you. It protects monarchs. It will be better in some matchups, and it might. I, and I might play it as a sideboard card. Um, I already considered playing Palisade Giant, which is kind of the same thing, except without the monarch functionality. Uh, and this is definitely better than that. So, um, yeah, it, it maybe. But there's another soldier that I actually do think is going to see. I, I am thinking about playing. Um, oh, I was playing around with this today, and I did a, just a gatherer search on soldiers from the new sets that have come out and there's a card called palace jailer are you sure this one's from conspiracy are you I'm, sure it's not like from ether revolt or something i'm pretty sure since it has monarch okay good okay continue um, it's a two two for four two white and two and it's so what it said when it enters the battlefield you uh, become the monarch and also it has another triggered ability when it enters the battlefield which is you exile target creature and opponent controls and you exile it until uh, an opponent becomes the monarch. Okay. So that 
sounds like, okay, it's just like Banisher Priest or something like that, which is not legacy playable. It costs one more, Monarch, I don't know, maybe. Well, so, first of all, the Soldier's deck is pretty good at piles of mana or no mana for its creatures. Um, and it has problems with things like Delver. And it's really good at blocking anything that doesn't fly. Right. So you can play this, exile your opponent's Flyer. Insectile Aberration or whatever they have, draw a card at the end of your turn, and then just sit behind all of your cheap big dudes that you have. So would you actually just get up to four mana and hard cast it, and then hope that you just now are a control deck? Um, so I was I was playing around with this today, and well, so the deck plays Ancient Tomb, so sometimes that's, it also plays uh, Chromox, so theoretically this can be a turn two play. Um, okay. It also plays several soldiers that l- reduce the casting cost of your soldier creatures by one, so you may only need to pay three for it, and you have uh, Preeminent Captain, which is a 2-2 that attacks and puts a soldier f- uh, from your hand on the battlefield for free. Right. And that's and the way I was. That's, that, that's what I was looking at for the two fives. And that's what so you expensive. would do for the two five, right? That's the whole point. You don't really try to pay six for these things. But this is something you might actually be able to cast from your hand, unlike the uh, Protector of the Crown. And you know, so you have to. It comes into play attacking when you come out with the uh, Preeminent Captain. But if you can exile one of their creatures. Maybe that's okay. You remove the thing that was dangerous enough to block it. And another thing is that I didn't realize the first like three times I read this card is that you don't the creature doesn't come back when they kill uh, the jailer. It comes right. back when they become the monarch, which is actually way harder for a lot of decks to do. Yeah, because um, a lot of them just I mean they, they may have had their one creature. Well, you just got rid of it. And now if this just chump blocks a snapcaster mage or a young pyromancer or something, well, okay. Um, right. If they kill this thing in response to the triggered ability. They right. still lose their guy. They still lose their guy until they can hit you with a creature, which is not easy for a lot of decks to do. Um, so it does get them out of the way for you to attack. Guarantees right. at a bare minimum that they're not going to get him back until the next turn, so he's not going to be able to attack the next turn. Which so, if you flipped in Sceptile Aberration means it will come back also not flipped, so you'll, they'll have to flip it again, too. Which is... yeah. F- full worst-case scenario, it's a, you know, it's a frost creature. Tap, and he doesn't untap next turn. Right. And draw a card. Right. And that's the absolute worst case scenario if they kill it right away. And sometimes it turns into like a howling mine and just everybody draws two cards a turn. But that's actually not terrible for this deck because you have piles of mana and you can, and like four drops in your deck and your opponent is playing like two one drops and you're playing a three drop and a four drop. And that's actually not bad. Um, even if your opponent okay. can hit you a couple of times. I'm pretty impressed with this thing. Um, okay. I, I, I like it. I, I will keep an eye on it. You heard it here first, folks. Soldiers has been upgraded to a Tier 3 deck. Uh, yeah, I think it might be there. Um, May, maybe even better than that. Maybe. maybe. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it's still, it still has its other issues. But uh, Thalia also goes in that deck, by the way. And uh, that's pretty sweet, too. So. But both Thalias? I guess so, right? Yeah, you're already playing the little one. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about one more out of here uh, that I think will... That I know will see play. Because I am going to make it see play. <laughs> uh, there, there is a land that um, that gives Monarch. And yeah. it's still really, really expensive. It requires you to tap, sacrifice the land, and pay four, and pay four mana. Yeah. So And it, it taps for colorless. So it is a land. It makes mana. So it's not dead. Yeah. But, you know, five mana to become Monarch, five mana to draw a card seems really bad. Or it just I, seems too expensive. I agree. I think that's too expensive. 
The upside. A, it can go in any deck. Yep. Or it goes equally well in any deck because it doesn't give anybody any colors. But it doesn't cost colors, so it can go in any deck. Uh, second, it does do something in the meantime. You know, it, it's making colorless mana. Most right. decks can make use of colorless mana. And third, I really want to make Monarch work, and I don't care how, uh, and I'm excited to do it. Oh, uh, elves, I, have, I have an answer for you. You should just play Soldiers. Shut up. Elves, <laughs> elves is good at making a lot of mana. Five mana is not a lot for Elves, and I don't care if it's good. I think I'm going to throw one of these in my sideboard just so that if I'm at a GP, I can play game one, straight normal deck, no f- full tier one stock list, Game two, stock list, stock sideboard cards, and then in the middle, slam this down, sacrifice it, push play on my phone, or IP, MP3 player, have trumpets herald my yes. ascension to the throne, <laughs> pulling out of my backpack the crown that I have prepared and brought with me, place it atop my head, and speak in the, the royal we for the yes. entire remainder of the game. Right. Uh, worth it, I think. Oh, hashtag game, worth it. Worth it. <laughs> Do, do not care. The moral victory will be well worth it. Yes, it will. All be. right. I agree. Anything else from Conspiracy? Uh, we talked about Leovold, Emissary of Trust. Uh, this is a, a blue yeah. black and a green for a 3-3 a three, three creature. It's a legend. And it says when uh, your opponent, when it, well, whenever you or a creature uh, permanent you control becomes a target of a spell or ability, uh, an opponent controls, you draw a card. So worst case scenario, he protects himself like he has hexproof, yeah, and at least you draw a card to replace. Right when they do kill him, he draws a card to replace himself. That's worst case scenario. He 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 gives all your creatures. You don't really want to touch me. Right, and it also uh, well also you can if you if they target it, you can draw the card before the spell resolves. So you may be able to draw a counter spell since you are Ooh. playing blue after all, nice. which can be pretty sweet. Um, and two for two for one card disadvantage off uh, force of will is not as bad when you get to keep drawing extra keep cards. Drawing extra cards, right? And you get a three three dude too. Um, the other thing it does is it says your opponents can't draw more than one card each turn. Which <laughs> nice okay. brainstorm you got there, buddy. Right, brainstorm, Jace the Mind Sculptor. Yeah. Draw yeah, draw Even no cards, order. then put two cards back on top of your library. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so he he's really good. He's really good against a lot of the things that C play in Legacy. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure he's good enough. The problem is, he, the, I mean, part of the problem is that he's in Sultai colors, so... Sultai only, has one or two decks, but it's right. not... The only one that I could conceivably see having room for a three-drop creature would be um, Shardless. Or and, Sultai Delver. Sultai Delver plays, uh, like, two and three drops sometimes. I don't think they play three drops. I think they play two drops. Really, they, it's really they rare could. to see three-drop out of a Delver deck. It I mean, I'll be honest. I It's really tempting to, like, throw one... Um, uh, tropical island into elves to just have this in there because right. it's it's really good i you know it's sort of sort of like an elvish visionary because you know he draws a card if when he gets hit but it, but he doesn't combo out right three is a lot I, I thought about yeah doing the same thing tropical island and maverick for the same reason um because he's a hate bear yeah um shutting off brainstorms and ponders is pretty good game <laughs> really good yeah but i yeah, i think it's probably just too much of a stretch you know you're, you're already trying to play like Two colors of the thirds flash plus wastelands and maybe dark depths. It's just, I, I, I will say I hope he finds color. a home. If he finds a home, he will be a player. Yeah, I'm not sure he'll ever find a home. Yeah, right. Cool card. Hope it sees play. Not sure it will. Oh, uh, the planeswalkers are cool, but they probably won't see any nope. play. Sorry. Nope. Yeah. Um, moving on. Moving uh, on. I I think that's it for Elder Moon. 
I think uh, for conspiracy. Or for conspiracy. See, oh. I'm I'm in the past. Yeah, I'm okay. I, I'm catching up. All right, but, time before we do uh, move on, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor this episode. Uh, Abyssinian Security Forces. Do you have some goods that you need transported? They'll take care of that for you. Do you have a base that you need guarded? They'll take care of that for you. Do you probably have some insurrection inside your own ranks and risks from within that need to be rooted out? They'll take care of that for you as well. Abyssinian Security Forces are very good at protecting you from the out, without and within. Do you have some people in your organization who maybe aren't as honest as you think they are? Are they maybe not as, as loyal as they should be? Are, are you not as loyal as you should be? Do you need to be rooted out? Abyssinian Security Forces, there for you when you need it. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, so we have Kaladesh, which Kaladesh. is a really cool set in a lot of ways. But yeah. we are running out of time, so let's go straight to what cards we think will get played. What's I, your hot take, Drew? I, I, my hot take is that uh, about 0.5 of a card we'll see play. That is the hottest take I have ever heard. I think you're very wrong. <laughs> I think there's, there's well, there's a couple of cards that maybe, uh, there's one card that I think people will try, but I, my personal suspicion is that it, it is not as good as what is already being tried in that slot. Okay. Uh, we should clarify before everybody tells us that we're wrong. Uh, a lot of the things we're bringing up are just things you will see people trying. We're sure. not saying that these will all be tier one. Right. Um, but they're interesting, they're worth talking about, and you will see them at least on day one of a GP. Right. Yeah. So, be prepared, be aware, maybe test them out. Right. Okay, go ahead, so tell us something. The one card I think that people have been talking about is Blossoming Defense, which is yes. an instant for a green, it gives target creature plus two, plus two, and hexproof. The obvious home for this would be Infect, which is already playing uh, Vines of the Vastwood, which is kind of similar, it gives a like non-keyworded version of hexproof to a creature, and it has a kicker for a green that gives the creature plus four, plus four. I think that ultimately that Vines is better because plus four, plus four, plus Berserk is game in two cards. And Blossoming Defense is not. It protects the creature pretty well, but there are other cards that protect, I think, better. And I'm just not sure that there's room. You are a doubter. I am a doubter. You, you, you have very little faith. Darth Vader would choke you right now. Probably. All right. So I, I, I want to... Do you have any others? Because I think that you're right. Uh, I think that that is, is interesting. But, um, it, might, I, I, it might take some spot, but yeah. I I, it, it will see play as it's being tested, and I think it's worth it. Because what does Infect need? It needs to protect its creatures. Yeah. Usually protecting creatures means targeted removal. One mana, protect from targeted removal, that's also a pump spell. Something that they can do pre-combat just to either... You know, use only one mana to bait out your removal, make you either waste your removal on him before he's pumped him up very much, or, you know, have two of them in hand and do one Maybe. to bait out the removal and then do the other one to waste the removal. Maybe. I, I, I think it will, it will definitely see play, and I think it'll stick around. We'll, we'll have to wait and see, though. Time, time will tell. Um, so, do you have any others? Uh, so, I think... Anything that I think really will see play? No. However... A couple of things I think are interesting to note. The fast lands are going to be a good budget option um, for a lot of decks in Legacy. Uh, you rarely need more than three mana, so 
uh, something that comes into play untap the first three turns. It's not quite as good as dual land because you can't fetch for it and yada yada yada. But it's it's you know it, it, like a tenth or less of the price of a dual land. So yeah, I I you and I talked about this and I was very high. I was even higher than you on these, I think. But I, I've been talked back a little bit on this. Yeah, and, and I want I want to go over why. I was talking about it actually in terms of just um, uh, modern. Yeah. Which, you know, Modern has the fetches and the shocks, which if we're talking budget options, that's kind of what you're comparing it to. Right. So we were talking Modern Infect, uh, something that's two colors. Right. And a low curve, which exactly is where you'd want this. You would never really want to use these in a three-color deck because then your fetches right. can't get you whatever you need. You might be stuck with just this and need the right. third color. So in Modern Infect, you don't have a whole lot of mana-producing lands total. And so if you're putting one of these in, you're putting it in instead of a fetch land right? or instead of a basic land or instead of a, a, one of your fetchable two-color lands. Yeah, like green pool, yeah. And you're probably making your deck worse by cutting any of those. Yeah. So, yes, you rarely are going to be hurt by the, the downside of it being slower, but you're also rarely going to be hurt by the one damage off of a fetch land. Right. And if you're in a two-color deck... You know, if you're say green blue, that's a lot of fetch lands that catch find green or blue. Right. So I like it. I've just become a lot less sure that it has any place over fetches and shocks. The problem even. is that a lot of the decks that want, um, you know, that are fine with the low curve, a lot of them are trying to play delve spells like um, Infect, which. Uh, blanking on the name of the giant... Uh, become Immense. Become Immense, right, which is Delve Spell. You need fetches for that. Uh, Delver, Blue-Red Delver even is often playing uh, Grim Lava Mancer, or if they're not, they're probably playing Bedlam Reveler. Um, you know, and, and you just you need fetches for these. And Well, a lot be- of Bedlam Reveler. Bedlam Reveler is an instance in sorceries. Right. I, uh, that's true, I guess. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. But still, you also need, you need Islands for days. Um... You know, it's just there. There, every every deck that that would be interested in this has some reason. Uh, they need shuffles for their brainstorms. They have some reason why this is not optimal, right? Um, so I, common, you know, I, yeah, lots of stuff. I'm not sure that it's actually better than just fetches and shocks. If you're looking for a budget, uh, I, I think it's interesting. I think it's fine. Maybe it's if a you've, one of. I think it might be all right. Yeah, if you've got them and you're playing them, I, I think you can do so and hold your head high. But I, I'm not sure that they're better than just shocks. No. So, take it for take it for what it's worth. Yeah. All right. Any others on your front? Cause... So somebody, I think top eighted of again a small tournament this past weekend with four copies of Inventors Fair. Um, what? Yeah. So that's a legendary land taps for a colorless. It says if you control um, more than three, three. It's artifacts. always three. Yeah. At the beginning of your uh, upkeep, uh, you gain a life. Which is which is cool, but um, irrelevant. But you know, not probably very relevant. And then uh, you can sacrifice it again if you control three. Um, the old the, the the elders call it metalcraft. It's yes, it's basically right. It's it's basically metalcraft. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, that would help me remember what the card does. Also, maybe if I actually had it in front of me, uh, that would probably help too. Um, worst podcast. Worst podcast ever. Uh, we'll fix this in post. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you uh, four tap sacrifice in Vendor's Fair and uh, tutor for an artifact card, uh, and you have to have three or, three or more artifacts to activate that ability. I mean, I guess you played in mud where you don't care about what your colored mana is. And that it was that's what it was in. It was in mud. 
uh, All right. incidental life gain and an incidental tutor effect, and you were already playing some colorless lands. Um, again, I'm not sure that Mud is good enough to... Like, I don't know that this helps... Mud was already pretty fringe. I don't know that this helps Mud enough that it will really stick around but i mean maybe it's maybe it goes there maybe that's maybe it's a three or four of in in mud now insofar as mud is a deck so we'll see i hope it's not a deck it's got 12 main board hate cards against my deck it's, i hope it's it can be pretty miserable to play against cool deck, um so okay well cool and finally uh smuggler's copter which really smuggler's copter i don't know about this people are saying it's the best card in standard right now which i don't know if that's true either but well, you can call it Snuggler's cat- Copter, and then it's the cutest card. <laughs> you, you can. Yeah, that's true. That's an option. I mean, it looks uh, like it looks like two people are supposed to just like get in it and be snug together. It looks. It, I mean, it's it makes right? me think of Watchmen, actually, but in a good way. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, so this is... All right, it's a, it's a two-drop. It's a vehicle, so you have to tap a creature to crew it, uh, and then it's a 3-3 flyer that loots. When it's, it's in standard. Box. They know what it is. All right, all right, all right. Well, yeah. Maybe. Um, so... I mean, it's a it's an artifact that's maybe aggro. I mean, I I'm not sure. I'm I don't see it. I, I think this is a potentially powerful card. It is. I'm not going to be surprised if it's the best card in standard, just because it's protects itself in the off turn. It flies. It loots. It's a really good return on damage. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't. It's I don't see it. It goes in every deck. Yeah. I don't see it in legacy because you need other creatures and you need to want to be looting, which everybody wants to loot, but right. really, how good is it? I, I, I agree. I think pro- my answer is probably not, but I do think it's something that's maybe, if you're looking for stuff, crazy stuff to go try, uh, this might be something that's that's worth trying. Because some of the artifact decks do play things like Dak Faden. You made this up. You made this up. What did I made up? Just the, the, the card. Using the card. You made it up. I, I mean, it, it's not... It's I'm not going to it. People aren't saying it. Anonymous sources have said. I'm, I'm saying it. I think it might. Pe- people maybe. are saying. People are saying this card's great. Not me, but people. Many people. people. The, best, the, have, the best. The best people. I have the best people talking about my cards. Yes. All right. Well, so I want to talk about some cards, and mine are a little bit even more speculative than all of yours. But okay. but I do want to. Let's really put it out there then. Well, first I do want to talk about the white black legend. Right. So he's he's a three-drop for 2-3, am I right? Yes. Combo when, console of allocation. Yeah, I couldn't pronounce it, so I didn't try. But, um, there you go. I'm here for uh, the, His ability is whenever one of your opponents plays a what, instant sorcery or non-creature spell, uh, they lose life and you gain life. Two. Oh, each time. Yeah. Sorry. I said life. Life is plural. It, sure. Is it? Lives? You gain lives? I gain five lives. Not, Ooh, I might start doing that just to make people squirm. That will uh, succeed if you were playing me, yes. So, oh my gosh, this sounds so good. Oh, Blue Mages, you're going to play Brainstorm? All right, lose two. Oh, you're going to play another Brainstorm? Lose two more. Again, and again, and again. Oh, Storm? Storm, you cannot win now. Yeah. Storm, Storm, you can cry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, heck, everybody, this can really hose. If you're playing against an aggro deck, oh, Burn? Gaining life is pretty solid against Burn. Yeah, and now, I mean, for against Burn, it really just means he's going to be the first thing to die. Right. But That's okay. It, yeah, that's it's not, not the worst thing against Burn. If they kill it, you still gain two life from killing it, which is right. not bad. No, exactly. It, it, it's, it, just, it just seems so good. I'm not sure it'll get there, in part because of the color combination of white and black. Right. There are because, a lot of decks. 
Yeah, I'm not really sure it can see a home. I know you've tested in Maverick, and you told me it wasn't really seeming I mean, the, worth the, it. The problem is that it can be... Like, if they printed this six months ago, I might have played it in Maverick. The problem is that they printed Sanctum <laughs> Prelate, which is better and easier to cast, and yeah, I'm going to play and, it. And, recruit, and Recruiter. Right. And Thalia. Right, right, right. And... There's, there's not room, yeah. I mean, and, I mean, what it, 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 it's something to hate on your opponent's, you know, cheap spells, but, you know, it's even better than make draining them for two every time they play them, just telling them they can't play them at all. Yeah. Um, which is what Sanctum Prelate does. So I just, I don't really see a deck wanting this when they could be playing Sanctum Prelate, and all the decks that can play this could play Sanctum Prelate. Right. Okay, I, I think that you're probably right. I do like it, though. But um, I, I one card that I, I want to mention, because I think it's cool, and I think it gives a good uh, example of why... Oh, I know, cool we, we, we said this was going to be too long, and I couldn't talk about cool cards. Yeah. There's an enchantment called um, uh, Authority of the Councils. Consuls. Uh-huh. Uh, one mana, and it makes your opponent's uh, creatures come into play tapped, and you gain some life. Right. Um, so I, I don't think this is going to see play in Legacy, but right. I do want to just mention it in comparison to Thalia. Right. It's basically half of Thalia for only one mana in a cr- card type that's hard to get rid of with incidental life gain. Yep. That sounds really good. And I think this just shows, though, how much the lands part of Thalia is the most right. important it's, it's part. It's the wrong half of Thalia, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's really weird, because if it were non-basic lands coming to play tapped, no one would ever look at it in standard or limited or pro- maybe even modern. But right. then then we'd be looking at it. That, that could be, be okay. That would be a problem in Legacy. I think they might have to ban that. that might just turn be one? Turn one in a uh, mono-white deck? Oh, gosh. Uh, that'd be so miserable. Oh, Four gosh. lands and... Uh, <laughs> So, anyway, it's interesting, uh, you know, if if the meta really shifted to where it was all sneak and show or something, yeah. I mean, maybe, I guess, but... Again, everyone that, 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 that would want this would also want Thalia. Thalia is better, the effects don't synergize well, and you should just play Thalia. Yeah, I, th- I think so, but I think it's neat to be able to show kind of the value relative of the different Thalia sure. parts. Sure. Um, so, th- there is a one-mana 3-2 in this set. Um, there, yeah. there's some hoops to jump through, but, but there is a one mana three, two, and that's a really good rate. That's, that's a really good rate. And it's right. It's a statement to what legacy is all about, that we're not really talking about that as something that's going to see legacy play at all. Um, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. But I, I thought it was going to see play. You talked me down. I don't think it's going to see play. What, what's it called? It's called a toolcraft exemplar. Yeah. So th- there is a hoop of having artifacts. Uh, it's a three-two first strike for one mana, <laughs> right? But yes. but you need to jump through some hoops to have artifacts in your deck first. Um, and he's only good on offense because he doesn't have the boost on de- on defense. He's just a one-one. True. I can't think of any deck that would want him, and I don't think he's good enough to build a deck around. Yeah, you might see this in day one of a GP of somebody trying to make an artifact white aggro deck work. And Stoneforge Mystic is so good as a control card. And yeah. I just I don't think I think it and Stoneforge and like obviously you want Stoneforge Mystic in a deck that cares about artifacts and is white, right? But I just don't they're kind of at cross purposes. I just don't And it, it. if you really wanted a I've got a lot of artifacts and I'm attacking, I mean honestly, Affinity isn't a tier one is never gonna be a tier one legacy deck. Affinity would probably be better than probably, something around this guy. Probably better, yeah. Yeah. So he's again, just to show how what you need in Legacy, a 3-2 first strike for one mana is not cutting it. <laughs> it's ridiculous, Ouch. but yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which is kind of strange, since a 3-2 flyer for one mana, who's not even a flyer all the time, is like the best creature. Being blue is uh, helpful. It is. 
Oh, it's 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 not easy being anything that's not blue. <laughs> Speaking of blue, uh, you had mentioned earlier a card which is good to keep in mind for meta changes. Which right. card was that? That card was uh, ceremonial, ceremonial rejection. rejection. I'm I'm throwing you bones here. Come ceremonial on, you already rejection. said it. Sorry, switching from list to list, I'm all over the place. Uh, ceremonial rejection, which is a blue instant for one mana, and it says counter target colorless spell. I think it's going to see a ton of play in modern because it counters Eldrazi, it counters artifacts out of things like Infinity. Uh, it it covers it co- uh, counters like, uh, Karn and Ugin out of Tron decks. But I just I don't think there are enough colorless decks like mostly colorless decks in Legacy to matter. I mean Eldrazi is there, but I just I think that's really the only one that sees enough play for you to try to bring this in and. I don't think you can bring in a card for just that one matchup. If the meta shifts into a lot of Eldrazi or a lot of Mud or a right. lot of, I don't know. If it turns uh, out that Inventor's Fair is the real deal, uh, maybe Ceremonious Rejection is also so, the real deal. Keep this in mind. Keep this in your toolbox. Own four of them just in case. Right, whatever. Now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, we'll get to that. I've, I've already got a, a, I didn't come up with it, a good spec on buy all the foils now because we are great at finance over here with our pile of thing in the ices <laughs> yeah um well so I, i'll just jump straight down to there actually madcap experiment okay oh i, I thought we wait. talked about this and decided it wasn't gonna work okay that was before i was shown the other combo and this probably still won't be in legacy but oh gosh i love this so so much okay so here are the two different combos and i don't think they really work together but here they are First, there are some cards, including a pact that you can pay zero mana for, Mm -hmm. that say, until end of turn, if you would lose life, gain that life instead. Right. All right. So play one of those, and then play this card. This card says, you know, name a card, oh, uh, reveal cards from the top of your library until you hit an artifact, put that artifact into play, loot deals damage to you equal to how many cards there were. Right. So, uh, yeah, so do that, and... Hope that the cards on the bottom of your library and gain fifty life, and right. now have something in your uh, on the battlefield. And you played in a deck with only one artifact, so you know what you're going to get. Right. Uh, there, there's also an artifact that says pay fifty life, deal fifty damage. So instant win. Right. If you live in magical Christmas dreamland, and you can put this card on the bottom, exactly in the bottom of your library. Yeah. Which there are ways to do it, ways and to do it. and even if not, there are other ways to make that deck work, but. You know what's even better than that? Mm. Platinum Empyrean. Yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah. Okay. So Platinum Empyrean is an 8-8, and he says your life total can't change. The way the timing works here is mm-hmm. the creature gets put into play before you get dealt the damage. Right. So if you have this guy, th- four of this and four Platinum Empyrean in your deck, it becomes four mana. Get an 8-8. Get an 8-8 that says your life total can't change. That's, that's not bad. That's not bad. It's going to stop. I mean, a lot of decks just can't win through that at least certainly now, game one yeah now i will say probably won't see play in legacy it's too easy to remove it i mean i think, I think so plowshares terminus even well, you, can't, you, you can't do it in response so no. you can't you can't get them like that no. but just putting it back in their hand makes it you know you're not going to recast it right right it means they spent it, four mana to not do anything and yeah so it probably won't but it's really neat, and and, and keep it in mind. Um, um, okay, Chandra. Chandra's not going to Chandra. I, I found out we've been pronouncing it wrong all along. It's Chandra? It's Chandra. Chandra. Rhymes with Chandra. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it, it's, cause, I mean, you know, as with a lot of these things, it's it's Indian. 
that there is a way to pronounce this name. Chandra does not look very Indian. Just, just uh, I. It's what I've been told. I, I am. I. I am. But maybe wrong, or maybe you know, you, you can pick your own name. Maybe she just likes being called the other way. Sure. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, anyway, she's not going to see play. Uh, right. She she looks like a four mana Jace. She she has great abilities. She's going to be real great in standard. Uh, she's just not she's good enough for legacy. Play in modern, but yeah. yeah, burn is the only deck that can really reliably get double red. I think um, blue, red, or, blue red Delver, blue red Delver, which we've talked about. No interested whatsoever in a Planeswalker, but blue red blue red Delver would love this card, they but do. already has Jace. And they don't play that anyway, because right? Because it's a four drop. Yeah, and burn doesn't want a four drop. Nope. Um, so the other one though that I did want to talk about. Cathartic Reunion? I don't it's, think it's this is going to see play, but I, we talked about being able to discard cards being really good. This is two mana to discard two, draw three? Yeah. Two mana, draw three is, would, would be banned, I think. Oh, probably, yeah. Um, and in certain decks, discarding two is an upside. Yeah. Dredge. Now, two mana is a lot more than one. You know, yes. At one mana, you, we already have two uh, one mana cards that say draw two, discard two. Right. And you get to draw before you discard, which is usually good, though not yeah, always, depending if you're dredging. If you're dredging, it's not. Um, so, I'm not sure that it'll see any play whatsoever, because I, two is a lot more than one. I think a lot of people are talking about it in modern, because they were already playing the version of this that's discard one, draw two. And mm-hmm. they absolutely, higher numbers are absolutely better in that deck. So, But I don't think anybody was playing anything like that in Legacy, I mean, yeah. Analyst Dredge obviously isn't casting spells really at all. And the other one, I don't think really runs very much red. It's just not something that you're you're doing. Yeah, th- there's a reason why Careful Study or, or whatever, the blue yeah, it's, it's draw like, two, discard two gets played, I think, the red more than the red one. It's the same, but with flashback. Yeah, Yeah, the, the red one's better, but the blue one sees more play, I think, just because blue is good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, that one probably won't, but I, it is on my radar. It's a card. Yeah. yeah. Paradoxical Result. Okay. This is actually just a fun heads up. Maybe go get your foils for this now, for vintage. Interesting. Bounce all your mocks and draw a bunch of cards. Yeah, see, they already have that, though. Just saying. People have been doing things of it already there. Just saying. Okay, just saying. if you say so. Right. I, I, I think the issue is that Hercules Recall is just better. Uh, you get to pick what you bounce. Uh, I think you can bounce non-artifacts, and you get to draw a lot of cards. I don't know. I, yeah. We're not a vintage cast. Uh, we, no. we, don't, we don't know things. I, I think the thing about it, Hercules Recall is you can also bounce your opponent's stuff, which is really good. Uh, and that's like I mean, that's not what you put in your deck to do, at least not in the Storm deck, but it sometimes wins you games, uh, setting back the uh, workshop player by a couple of turns. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just, I, my, my answer is no, but right, yeah, we're not a vintage cast. I don't really know anything. I just have to have an answer. So. Okay. And uh, I, I had a couple other that I thought were interesting, but I don't really need, we, we, we've gone on long enough. I don't need to just say things that I think are neat. I, I don't think anything else will really see play. Right. right. Um, there there, we, there we are a couple other things that we don't think will see play. We don't need to talk about anymore. There, there are a few that if they become like a staple, I'm going to come on here and say, Oh, I knew it and didn't say it. Right. But, but no, I won't say it. All right, I, know I, I th- it, so you're not saying it. I know it. You know it. Right. Right. But you're not saying it. Yeah. I'll keep it secret for now. Secret. Um, so I, I think that I think that's it for our kind of uh, hot takes and set reviews. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, moving on, I did want to, uh, as I said, have a little bit of housekeeping but before we wrap up. I wanted to give some thanks and shout-outs to uh, some of our Patreons, which we have now, and, and some uh, reviews, or five-star iTunes review from Yay. Local Sully. So, we're thank you. We, it really makes us feel good about ourselves, and my self-worth is basically based on what the internet thinks about me. So it, it's it's really nice. Uh, we also have three Patreon sponsors. Uh, Benjamin Roberts, Adam Hartman, and Colby Jurgensen, a friend of the show. So uh, I am very ecstatic about all of those as well. So thank you all very much. Yeah. Um, and uh, just, just I, I don't know that we're going to give a shout-out to everybody who does things like that all the time, but just as, as the first few means a lot to us. Yeah. Um, I, I did also want to give a shout-out to a new thing that's going on right now. If you're on Magic Online, you should play in the free weekly prize-supported Legacy Tournaments. There it is. Uh, it's being sponsored by, uh, or it's being assisted by the Leaving a Legacy guys, and, and one of their listeners in particular who's been organizing and been doing great work. We'll put a link in the, in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but they are having weekly i think every wednesday i think that the first one was last week i think um uh some minor prize support and utterly free if you're on magic online so if you have a legacy deck and you want to play for fun go play if you want to play and have a little bit of competitive spirit without having to shell out for you know a full league or something go play if you don't have a legacy deck but you want to see legacy decks in action go take your go, go or play yeah. Bring your bring your modern deck. You know, yeah. I, I I know people who have won local events with Living End or Affinity or something. Every once in a while it happens. Yeah, yeah. You you'll win games. That, that's kind of my mantra: is bring a modern deck and you know you'll win games. Yeah. So uh, go go have fun and uh, tell them tell them that we sent you. Yeah. D- don't tell every opponent that they'll get really bored of it, but. <laughs> Obviously, there'll be hundreds of you. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, gosh. It's round six. Stop telling me about this <laughs> Every, stupid Everybody here must have been set by Jamie and Drew. Jeez. I don't care about legacy. I'm just here to play legacy. Yeah. yeah. I don't want All to hear right. that sweet podcast either. <laughs> I'm only at this thing being sponsored by a podcast about yes. legacy. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I think that's about all that I've got. Do you have anything else? I, mean, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Uh, We've only been talking forever. Bank card of the day. Bank card of the day. Bank card of the day is uh, Mana Crypt. Yes. Which I, I don't think we've done before, but I don't know. Anyway, we're sorry for, for repeating this. I'm starting to get to the point where I don't remember everything we've talked about. I told you to write these down, Drew. And they are written down somewhere, but I'm lazy and I didn't look it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's an artifact for zero mana. It taps for two colorless, which, yeah, uh, you can sort of see where we're going here. It has a drawback, which is at the beginning of your upkeep, you flip a coin, and if you lose that flip, Mana Crypt deals three damage to you. So no downside the first turn when you're getting free two mana for nothing. And maybe a downside of a little bit more than one damage per turn otherwise. Which you're probably going to win the the game on the first or second turn after you have piles of free mana. So So, it's probably not a super relevant drawback. So this this was originally printed as a book promo. It has a little artist pen as the symbol Mm -hmm. and they had some really crappy novels that had a tear out page in the back mail in the tear out page and like a buck for shipping and they'll send you a card some of the cards you did that right because you have one of these no no i was given these as a gift i i I, oddly enough i own some of these books and i was given these but i got the books after they were already expired and i know people who have sent these in like today please 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 please, no they they do not send you anything (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, most of them were neat but bad. Like it has a a red dragon that has banding, yeah. and it has a a black card that's I think an instant that it gives unblockable because it's the sewers. It's like a modal thing, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's really it, weird. It it had arena, so you know basically the first instance of fight, but it's yeah. on land. It had giant badger, which was an amazingly <laughs> cool art card that they reprinted as a stupid, stupid looking, ugly art card. Right. I mean, it's still a badger. It's it. They did a good job, I guess, but it doesn't look like he's Don Quixote anymore. Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the one that was really, really good and is now a vintage one of staple restricted Which band and legacy is this one. Yeah. Uh, it's been reprinted as a very, it, it was printed originally as a creepy picture of like a crypt made out of meat. Yeah. It was reprinted in what I thought was kind of an ugly judge promo of like a lantern looking building. Yeah. And now it's been reprinted as a really sweet uh, masterpiece um, promo in uh, in Kaladesh, which is it's, it's pretty sweet looking, pretty honestly. Sweet. And that is in honor of that. That's what we're why we're talking about it today. You can play in draft now yes. with some cards that are banned in Legacy. <laughs> I, I have might not be Legacy legal. <laughs> Sorry. If you if in draft you play a turn two Chandra, yeah, off of this, tell us, please oh tell us oh a boy. turn two Chandra oh. in limited. Oh. I uh, do. Do you scoop there, or do you just let them live the dream and play it out so that they can like experience? I mean, it? if this were on, if this were on, on Magic Online, I would probably lose the game against that play by just timing out. I'd just be staring at it, not comprehending, <laughs> like until my time ran out. Oh, by the way, if you're ever on coverage, if if you ever have a, I'm going to give a PSA right now. Uh, because you know it's already been a short enough episode <laughs> I, I i heard some people talking about this and i i apologize that i forget who but if you're ever on coverage don't scoop I mean, even more than normal don't scoop because if you're on coverage people are trying to follow what's happening and yeah. if something cool happens but it happens for approximately half a second and then you scoop mm. up your cards no one's gonna know what's happening at home you right. put a, put on a little show have some fun it's right. not just so your opponent can have the fun of actually going through the combo and winning you know let them show the combo once or something right put your head in your hands and and you know sulk for a little bit you know really ham it up yeah (laughs) it's good television (laughs) all right well uh, you can reach us at at jamie7keller at legacyweapon.com and at MTG Drew Walton at LegacyWeapon.com. Proud of you for remembering. <laughs> we, we, are, we will hopefully be back at a slightly more regular scheduled show after this. But uh, until next time, remember, preparation is the best legacy weapon. Thanks. My, my, my takes are pretty hot. They are pretty hot. Mm. I'd hit that. <laughs> so awkward. All right, let's do this.